in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, stop, stop. Ow! Yeah, I went there, Mike. I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike, and that's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Um, yes, we do, Mike Lawson. That's what we do every week. And let me tell you something. You're going to be really jealous, and I want you to be calm down here. But um, several times this week, I, I, I don't mean to brag, I spoke to friends of the show, Daniel Brewer and Adam Burns. On the phone. Phone call. I have their phone numbers, Mike. You called them on the telephone? Uh-huh. That's so weird. Who does that? Are you mm. my mother? Oh, yeah. You know, even my mom texts now. She doesn't call. Oh, no. I call them. So I weird. call them. Uh, yeah. And Daniel Brewer doesn't really like to be on the phone, but I will say on uh, Friday, uh, I had a three-hour phone conversation with Adam Burns. Three hours, Three Joey? hours. That's weird. I have nothing better to do. And apparently neither does Adam. What else is going on in LA? What what's what's the tea? You know, on Monday night I decided, you know, my, my friend Melissa McQueen uh hosts a show at a at a bar uh kinda nearby. Like a open mic? No, it's not an open mic, it's a book show. But okay. but uh but it's a comedy show. So I decided I'm going to go to this booked comedy show over in Pasadena at Barney's Beanery. And uh, I go to the comedy show. And I don't know if you know this, but for a long time I did stand-up. I used to host that show for like two to three years. I hosted the show at Barney's Beanery. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I host this sh- I go to the show, and it was just nice being back and seeing everybody. And here's the thing. is Every time I go to one of these comedy shows... I think to myself, man, I really, really want to go back and do stand-up. I miss doing stand-up sometimes, you know? Um, and I know most of the queen, even though she hosts the show, she's not really doing stand-up anymore. Shannon doesn't do stand-up anymore. Lori Roggenkamp, my friend, she's doing sketch and improv. And so we've talked about this. And one of the things people don't realize is I actually like doing stand-up. It's all the bullshit around stand-up and the people involved in stand-up it's so gross Mm -hmm. so i was there and i was like you know what this would be kind of fun you think that for a little bit when you're there and then this comic walked up to me and melissa's husband my friend melissa's husband is also a comic and so and tell me what you think about this so the guy walks up to pat is his name and says oh are you pat you know and gives his full name and Pat's like, yeah. And he goes like, oh, man, um, I'm with, uh, I'm going to make up a name. I'm with Dave. Uh, and I guess this Dave used to be Pat's manager, right? 
And then he starts to tell Pat. Now, I don't know what happened with Team Dave and Pat. That they, they, they don't work together anymore. But the guy starts to tell Pat, like, about how awesome Dave is doing and all the awesome things that Dave is going on in his life. And I felt like, like, ew, like, that would be like going up to somebody and saying, like, oh, man, you used to be with Karen? I'm dating Karen now. Man, I know she used to give you a shitty blowjob, but her blowjobs are so good now. She is yeah. doing so awesome. She's so thin. She was fat when she was with you. Oh, yeah, she's hot now. She's so good. And it was just sort of had that feeling. And then this guy was so gross. He started to tell um, us about what an awesome impressionist he is. And now he does impressions. And he's so good at it. And he goes, no, look, here's the thing. I don't just do impressions. I like do the impressions like in a weird situation. So I won't just do Paul Giamatti. <laughs> but I do like Paul Giamatti on the moon. You know, like something like that. Like, and he goes, here's the thing. Nobody does Paul Giamatti. Everyone's like jealous of me because I do a Paul Giamatti. No, because no one can do Paul Giamatti, right? So like, this guy's just licking his own ass. So hardcore, right? So I'm like, okay. Yeah. So Melissa's like, can we go look at him? Because I, I promised him that we would, he, we would look at him. This guy was so horrible. Mike, ask me to do a celebrity impression. Any celebrity impression. I will do it as this guy. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, Mike, you ever wonder what it would be like if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar went to the zoo? Yeah. I think it'd go a little something like this. Hey, everyone, I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Look at that giraffe. Any other celebrities? Um, Jewel. Okay, Jewel. Okay. Singer-songwriter Jewel. Singer-songwriter Jewel. Um, okay, guys, have you ever wondered what it'd be like if Jewel... <laughs> Was singing opera? Okay, I think it'd go a little something like this. That's not what this guy's act was. Like no jokes, horrible impressions. What did the audience? How did the audience react? Like were people giving? Here's the thing. Laughs? Here's the thing. Not even that, because I'll tell you why. So in this part of Pasadena, well, not actually, it's actually a nice part of Pasadena, but for some reason, everybody in the audience were like chunty Mexicans. Okay. And so, like, the guy that went on before was destroying. He was like this um, black comic, and he was he was just being really, really good and just, like, talking about how he just got a jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the shit he was going to do, right? And the audience was going crazy. They were eating this shit up, right? Yeah. And then this guy goes on, and I'm not even joking. He's like, hey, everyone. Now, meanwhile, it's all like chunty Mexicans and black people. Yeah. Right? Can you define chunty real quick? Because I've heard it, and I think I know what it means, but I don't actually know what it means. I think, um, I guess the best definition would be... Um, I guess wetback is the best, but I guess it's... A, it's That's just I, using another exactly. term that needs to be defined. Urban Dictionary, Chunthi. Okay. Um, uh, definition number one, used to describe something that is ghetto Hispanic. Definition number two, a Mexican who speaks very little or no English came straight from somewhere like Jalisco, Guadalajara, Zacatecas, usually works in landscaping or gardening. Not an insult unless you are ashamed of being Mexican. Um... Then there's other ones, but that that oh okay. you know what I like this one though a person of Hispanic Latino descent that exhibits fashion music language and other customs resembling those from Mexico okay that's that's the best definition the third okay. one okay okay just like straight up like they're from Mexico right sure so 
but they speak English. So it's uh, like an American, authentic Mexican that is an in America. Yeah, it could also be someone who doesn't speak English, but the but uh, yeah, but you're right. Okay. Okay. So um, this guy says shoot the Mexicans and and people of color, and then this guy goes up. It's like this total white guy, and he's like, "Hey, everybody." Remember Robert Reich, the former Treasury Secretary? <laughs> Ever wonder what it would be like if he went to the library after it was closed? I think it'd go a little something like this. So this guy eats shit. And he yeah. like, you could tell he's pissed. He's like, oh, you guys don't get it. And like stormed off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then afterwards, um, in Chunti Mexican style, Melissa and, and Pat and I went to for tacos afterwards. And uh, talked about him. But uh, but this guy was – I just like when guys are just, like, licking their own asses. And then they get up and he ate shit on stage. Well, I guess if you're licking ass, you're going to eat shit. But you know what I meant. Figuratively for both. Yeah. So um, that was my Monday night. Uh, came home late. I was super proud of myself. That sounds fun. For coming home late, you were proud? Yeah, because I, I feel like I've been going to bed really early lately. Oh. You need to mix it up a little bit. But, like, going to bed and getting a full night's sleep is very respectable, Joe. I know. <laughs> I did this awful thing, Joey. I think I made a bad choice, but you, you tell me You made a podcast called What Someone Call Lies? Uh, no, Catching Up is what it's called. <laughs> That's the regrettable one. Um, so I'm on this message board type thing for my neighborhood. It's kind of like Craigslist, but it's much – like, it's not cl- uh, dirty. Like, you can't find dates or anything. You should and make it, it, though. You should, like, miss connections. <laughs> and there's like it's hyper hyper local so like you get assigned to a message board and they put you basically in like a three block radius so like the messages on there are things like hey my lemon tree is has all these ripe lemons i can't eat them all anyone could come over and pick them or i found a dog or you know what i mean things like that That's hyper cool. hyper local stuff yeah i love it um and like th- there's like a lot of things about like crime so someone's like hey my car got broken into last night or uh, just s- stuff like that. Um, so my neighbor named Pamela, who I've never mm-hmm. met before. She this is not a- the one. Remember in a previous episode that was one they had a parking problem with? No, 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 no. So this lady named Pamela um, posted the other day that she had purchased three tickets to the show that was playing at Berkeley Rep called Meow Meow. And oh, I... Is it the, a show about my friend Jonathan's life? Because <laughs> you call him Meow Meow. That's yeah. a coincidence. Um, Meow Meow is like this one-woman musical kind of like it's the setup is very similar to like Hedwig and the Angry Inch like it's very self-referential but the band is also like part of the characters and it's a show about her doing this show um in this was closing weekend and I just haven't had the time or the money to get there but I really wanted to see it it was on the list they extended it and I thought oh since they extended I'll see it and I didn't but Pamela's ticket was for Saturday night I had I had dinner plans with Mario, but he would understand. So I, um, Pamela texted or uh, posted her text. She said, text me. Here's my cell phone number. So I texted her and I said, I really wanted to see it. She told me that uh, I was the first person to respond so that the tickets were mine. Mm-hmm. But then she told me to meet her five minutes before curtain at will call, what? which f- freaks me out. Five minutes before curtain? That really, really freaks me out i, I know anxiety. i know you do. i, I will know. not enter a theater late never we've heard this i won't enter a theater five minutes before curtain probably mm-hmm. like that that is not acceptable to me but there's 70 dollars seats that she's giving me her ticket for free so i was like okay see you there can't wait 
My name's Mike. Literally can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I head over to the theater, and I'm early. The show starts at 8 p.m. I'm there before 7.30. Maybe she'll show up earlier, right? All so, by yourself? Yeah, all by myself. I'm going to sit with Pamela and whoever she's with. Um, and when I walk up to the theater, right as I walk up, I see three friends. Um, one of them is the bartender at the White Horse, then his boyfriend, and then this guy who's like kind of a, a regular at the gay bar I always go to. So the three of them are right there. We start talking a little bit, and they ask if I've already purchased a ticket because they have an extra. So there's three of them, and they have four tickets. So I tell them about Pamela and how I said I was going to get her seat, so I'm going to sit and wait. And they say that they're going to go get a drink at the bar inside the theater. And I really want to hang out with them, but I have to wait for Pamela. And here's where it all changed, Joey. So they give me the ticket for the fourth seat. And they say, like, well, we're not going to use it. We're going in. So if she doesn't show up, here's a t- at least you can get in and see it, which is great. But they explain that their four tickets are split. So two of them are going to be sitting together and one person would be sitting alone. And so they go inside. What would you do at this point? Wait for Pamela. Why? <laughs> because I, I told her I would be there. But then I have to sit next to Pamela the whole time. What do you care? You like Pamela. I don't I don't hate Pamela, but she's given you Pamela. lemons. She's found no, your dog lady. for you. <laughs> so she's Joey. All these I, things for you. I'm sitting there, but I also have to enter the theater late if I go for Pamela. So I'm sitting in there tapping my foot for like two minutes, not long at all. And remember at this point. All that Pamela knows about me is that my name is Mike, and she knows my cell phone number. She doesn't know what I look like. She doesn't know where I live exactly. She doesn't know much. So don't know much. I text much her. Much got you an extra ticket. <laughs> so I text her and I say, "Hey, I still haven't left work. I got tied up. I don't think I'll be able to make it. I'm so sorry." <gasps> and then I walk into the theater. But I didn't tell her the truth that I got another ticket and I don't want to wait until the last minute. And by work, I mean I got another ticket. Yeah. <laughs> if I and told her, I'm, by stuck, I mean I'm in the lobby. I was so worried that if I told her that I was at the show, that she would like be looking for me. But she doesn't know what I what look. What did like. she say to you? Well, so I turned my phone off pretty much right when we got inside because I knew she was going to text back and be upset. But um, the show was phenomenal, like so fucking good. Um, but I was sitting right next to this old couple. I am the worst at theaters. I've come to realize that the problem might be me. You sit next to an empty seat and a woman crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting next to this old couple and, uh, the show starts and the actress is coming down from like the rafters on this like contraption and the contraption breaks but it's very no 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 it's very obviously part of the show like fake sparks come out she's like mumbling under her breath um the the um like stage hands come out and they're like lit well like it's totally part of the show very obviously part of it but this old man next to me is like obviously distraught he like sits up and leans forward like he's going to like Someone run call down. the police. Yeah, he's going to run down from the mezzanine to, like, save this woman, right? And th- there were also parts in the show where, like, 
there was this reoccurring part in the script where the actress asks what I think were rhetorical questions. She said, like, if I died tonight, would you remember me? And if you died tonight, would I remember you? And that was like a reoccurring theme about like the importance of an audience to the success of a show and whatever. And the man next to me would answer every time she did it. <laughs> like, um, I don't know you very well. Yeah, seriously. It was weird. It was quiet. And then um, also in a very Hedwig sort of way, the show starts with the actress who the character's name is Meow Meow. And she's kind of like talking shit about traveling and how she has no idea what dump city she's in. And when she said that, the man, he thought this was awful. He like looked at his wife and his jaw was dropped. He was like, what? She doesn't even know where she's at. Like totally taking it seriously. (laughs) And then she like whispers to the pian the pianist, "What city am I in, dear?" And the the man he yells out, "Berkeley." It was so weird. Um, so the show ends. It was ninety minutes, no intermission. Seriously, one of the best seventy dollar of- tickets for a ninety minute no intermission yeah. show. Yep, uh, Berkeley Rep is kind of pricey, but it was seriously one of the best pieces of theater I've seen this year. Really good. Um, I turned my cell phone on as I'm leaving, and Joey. I have eight text messages. Oh, this is making my stomach hurt. Eight text messages on my phone before I even get out of the theater? (laughs) Basically, the woman was, like, so angry. She called me a scammer, (laughs) which I don't really understand. Were you paying her for the ticket? No. uh -uh. Uh-uh. She said it was completely free. She just didn't want it to go to waste. She said um, she called me a scammer, which Mm -hmm. I don't get. Um, she also said that she had a bunch of friends that would have used the ticket, which I'm going to call bullshit on that one, because if you had a bunch of friends, why would you give it to an anonymous person on uh, on the internet, on the internet, on a message board? Yeah. Um, and she also said that I owed her 70 bucks, (laughs) which sorry, not sorry. And then this is the weirdest part. She asked me what my name really is. She's like, what's your real name? And Mike is in quotation marks. She's a oh. crazy person. Well, That's no, a but, weird but you can accusation. use it to your benefit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I just haven't texted back. That's a crazy person. She thinks I'm scamming her. Like, I work for the theater, maybe. And I was like, I want this to be an empty seat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. You're not getting any lemons from me. <laughs> so that was my uh, theater experience. I was, like, kind of nervous that she was going to see me. I don't know why. She, there was no way she could have pointed me out. But I was nervous about it in the theater. So that was my fun theater experience. What what else is going on with you? Uh, I went on a walking tour of Boyle Heights um, with uh, my cousin Richard. Uh, I have this gay cousin Richard. He's a week younger than me, and he's gay. And uh, one another thing is that he loves being living in East LA and being in East LA. And so we we also like the history of East LA. So. I saw that this uh, Boyle Heights walking tour was happening. I invited him. He said yes, and we agreed to go. So we go over to the Greed Meeting Place, which was this, uh, I guess, historical uh, business in East L.A. called Self-Help Graphics, and they had like, murals on it. It was supposed to start. It was supposed to start at ten thirty. Okay, it was supposed to start at ten thirty, and. Um, it was going to be, the guy's like, we're going to walk two miles, it's going to be two hours, and we're going to go to all these places, and listed all these places. Um, we get there in time, there's like ten people there, 
why did we not leave the corner where we were standing for 45 minutes? I actually could have predicted this, Joey. That's why? funny. I went on a walking tour of downtown Oakland looking at Art Deco buildings. And uh-huh. I, like, wore, like, my gym shoes because I was like, we're going to be walking so much. I yeah. charged up my Fitbit. I yeah. was, like, almost wearing a sweatband. And we walked, like, three blocks. He stopped and he told stories. And then we walk a few steps. And then he has another 20-minute story. And then we walked a few more steps and he had more stories. It was, like, no walking at all. No, well, I think these people still landed up walking a lot. I think this tour was going to go over two hours. Um, oh shit! Yeah, no. Then he then we started walking. First of all, this the the a woman before said his name was Ed. She goes, Ed gives these tours all the time. Like, but usually they're on weekdays. This is the first time it's on a weekend. Which I was like, who's going on a weekday? You know, retired people and me. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And you seriously live the life of a retired. I was just person. telling someone that today that I'm the live a life of a middle aged divorcee. Yeah, but um, uh, so I uh, she he does this all the time. He starts the tour, Mike. He pulls out an iPad and clearly just pulls up Wikipedia and just starts reading, like reading in like a monot in a monotone, like oh. in 1885. The Tomok Indians lived in this part of L.A. In a weird way that like. It takes skill to know what Wikipedia entry to read. I give him a little bit credit for that. Like he knows what he, what you guys are looking at or what is relevant. But yeah, but what I was telling Richard, even like just from memory, when I was recapping with Richard later, I go read it the night before and then just sort of like give us like yeah. a, a yeah. rundown off your memory. You know, and my, been, my walking fine. tour guy was amazing. He had books. He didn't have an iPad. Yeah. He had books, and he would pull out. He had a lot of pictures, so we were looking at buildings. And he was like, here's this building when it was first made or yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Um, and his stories were a lot of bullshit, like a lot of like, let me tell you why Fruitvale's called Fruitvale. <laughs> and then he was like, but first I have to tell you about the first newspaper in Oakland. And like every story started with a, a story that had to be told before he told the actual story. I wouldn't even have minded that. But a lot of this guy's tour was also the Ed Huerta that was his last name, Huerta. The Ed Huerta personal tour of Boyle Heights. And he'd be like, as we were walking, oh, this pizza place. Oh, this is the other thing, too. Is So the group was a lot of just basically like hipsters and me and my cousin and some old Mexican people. And we'd be walking by a place. And it was this guy didn't realize that he was outing himself as ghetto. So he'd be like, uh, this is purgatory pizza. The pizza's good, but I don't go there because they got mad at me because I didn't tip the driver. And someone said, like, <laughs> oh, why didn't you tip the driver? And he was like, because I only live five minutes away. Like, why am I going to give him a tip for bringing me a pizza five minutes away? And they were like, well, and they were like, well, then if it's only five minutes, we should just walked. That's probably yeah. you should probably tip the guy more for having just to go five minutes. Yeah. You know? He's One like, of those people where, like, his stories, you start siding with the people yes, he's angry at. Yeah. Yes. And then he, <laughs> and then everything was like, so, but also that was his tour with Purgatory Pizza and why he hates them. Yeah. You know? And then we walked and he was like, oh, there's a Raspada place, but I like the guava. I don't like the coconut. Anyway. And you're like, what? So anyway, halfway through, Richard and I just were like, you know what? We're going to bail. Which, by the way, before the tour even started, one of his, like, hype men was like, guys, uh, we're taking donations after the tour. You guys can give whatever you want, $5, $10, whatever, right, person? 
he's like, but you know, a tour of this quality probably goes for like 30 or 40 bucks. Right. Mm. And I was like, um, the LA Conservancy does amazing tours of downtown LA and they're $10 a person. Yeah. I'm instead, I'm going to tip my pizza guy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Richard and I halfway through, I actually feel like we paid him to leave. Like, did you pay? Yeah. Richard paid. Well, Richard and I paid and, um, uh, and we left halfway through. I don't know if it was halfway through. At like a mile in, we left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We walked back, and then we went to lunch at this uh, place downtown. Well, Richard was like, "I want to take you to this place. I think you'd really like it. I think because I'm eating healthy." But Richard, because Richard has stomach problems, you know, uh, a lot of stomach issues, so he's very limited to what he can eat. That's fine, right? But yeah. like, oh my god, the place we went to was so boring and just like ugh, it was just like radishes and <laughs> sprouts and shit like that and i was like ugh, do they have anything with meat he's like can they uh put this in batter and fry it for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> can they put this between a meat and two buns and a tomato and an avocado <laughs> and cheese and cheese please <laughs> and then fry with some potatoes um so I went there and I had a sandwich, but then as we were leaving, it was a really hidden hipster part of LA. As we were leaving, there was this thing called the hipster, no, not hipster, we call it hipster, artist and artist flea market. Mm-hmm. So we went to it. It was really cool and like artists selling their stuff. Yes, but you know, oh, what? I would love that it for would. like cheap, like twenty bucks. Yeah, like that sounds, yeah, little, that sounds right. Little yeah. things. Yeah, I would love things. that. Yeah. Okay. What's funny is, yeah, you have real artists there who are selling cool shit. Actually, there was this sketch that they were selling for 20 bucks. Maybe they'll be there next month and I'll buy it. It was called My Mom's Keyboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like all these buttons. And one button said, instantly send viruses to everyone you know. <laughs> you know, it had all these funny things. And I'm like, oh, I wanted to buy it, but I forgot. But then some of the artists, this is the thing, though. Then some of the artists, I'm like, what? I could do that. You know, it was yeah. like one guy was like stencils and stencils are a skill, though, if they're elaborate enough. No, it was like basic stencils. And he had made up phrases like go oh. big or go home. But they oh. were like they were like like simple phrases that everyone would use, like uh, don't cu- don't count your uh, chickens before they hatch. Yeah. And but on, but he was like any stencil you want, man, any color. I will put it on a piece of paper. And it was like $25. There's a guy in um, uh, Dolores Park here in San Francisco who has – he's total hipster. He sits with like a TV tray and on the TV tray he has this old-timey like typewriter. And he has a sign that says he'll write you a poem for five oh, bucks. Oh, there's a girl like that at the Hollywood Farmer's Market. I, oh, no, I, hers is a dollar a line. Oh, this guy does a poem for five bucks. Oh. And he, he does them on, they're all like recycled paper too. So yeah, like yeah, on yeah, the yeah. back side, it's yes. like bullshit paper. This, mine is like a hip, like an Asian girl that wears like hip clothes and like the horn rim glasses. This dude's super hipster too. Yeah. Like I'm sure his butt stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So when we get to the end of the, of the swap meet or the flea market, um, there's this one that's just playing cards, you know, just playing cards and they're really nice playing cards. And I was telling the, it's like, Oh, you know, well, I was thinking I'm a magician and I actually do collect nice playing cards. So this guy walks up to me, he's like, Oh, he saw me admiring the playing cards. I'm like, Oh yeah, I collect, um, uh, playing cards. I really like them. And, 
And he was like, oh, well, my brother and I do too. And that's my brother, Dave. My name's Dan. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly who they are. It's Dan and Dave Buck. And are they? they, they're these magicians and they're super. When I say Twinkie, I don't mean they're legitimately Twinkie. They're probably about in their late 20s now, right? But they're super cute, like, hipster Twinkie magicians. I'm looking them up now. Um, okay, yeah. They, they've gotten they, – well, the, I looked them up last night I wanted to show Richard. Yeah. The videos or the pictures that are up now well, – I don't know. I've seen any pictures lately, but um, is, like, old. But now they've gotten older and they have, like, facial hair and they just look really cute, right? Yeah, I could see it. So now, and they're twins. So I know John Lee Hart. I know this is inside baseball, but another podcast, the guy said tw- uh, twin gay porn was disturbing. I think it's, I agree with them that it's a little bit disturbing. It's like incest porn. Have you ever seen this twin gay porn? They never do anything with each other. No. No. That's, I, on Secretly Timid, they were talking about how now. Pretty much, it's two twins in a movie, but they'll be like fucking one guy. It's not like they're yeah, fucking yeah, each yeah, other. yeah, yeah. And you can tell it really disturbs them. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's why I'm like, it's just two twins fucking one guy. Yeah, it's it's stupid. That's why I'm like, that's the most disturbing gay porn you've seen. Well, he's saying that the disturbing part is them going at each other. That's what he was saying, and then he said, but now they don't do that. They pretty much only do a third. Inside baseball. Um, yeah, I guess. Anyway, so, but anyway, I turned on the fucking Joe Batant flirting machine. Yeah. And <laughs> Richard was standing there, and Richard was like a little kid at like a wallpaper store, like tugging on my shirt, like, can we go, please? Can we go? I mean, he's already yeah. like that anyway, but I'm just yeah. like, oh, and then this, and playing cards, and magic, and magic castle, and this, and that. Oh, my God. Oh my that's God. so interesting. Oh you God. guys uh, have shoes on. Wow. Oh where did you get shoes? Oh, so you yeah. guys sell magic tricks on your website? Oh, my God. You guys are so talented. Right? <laughs> and Richard was like, girl, please, can we go? Yeah. So finally, he dragged me away. I was like, I'll see you guys next month. <laughs> and they're like, I- Bye. So that was my day yesterday. Um, well, Joey, I'm a, such a horrible person. Um, fucking liar. Yeah. My last story was about being a scammer with Pamela. Yeah. And the next story is about me lying too. My uh, friend It's almost Jennifer, like what some would call lies. Available at what some would call lies.com. My friend Jennifer called me, which, by the way... Bet- uh, between you and we just talked about this you and my friend Jennifer you're the only two people in the world that ever call me out of the blue oh, <laughs> as my out of the blue, on a scheduled podcast once a week no 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 that's not <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about out of the blue which is what I said not the scheduled podcast you just randomly call and then you text and you're like why do you never pick up your phone you do that and Jennifer does that and well it, are you put- supposed to warn people when you call them no, you just don't call me. You just text me. And then if it requires talking, then we could say, okay, call me. Okay, go That's on. That's kind of just how it works now. Um, like 100% of the time, I prefer a text. But she called me in the middle of my work day. And she's a little bit needy. We've talked about that. I love her dearly. But she called, and I allowed it to go to voicemail. I didn't want to pick up a personal call in the middle of the office. There's like... You know, three other people silently doing work that all they can do is listen. Um, 
And she didn't leave a message. Instead, she just hung up and called right back. Which is, I'm like, what the fuck? This is like an emergency, right? This is like debt collector. Are you sure though? Sometimes on. phones, because this happens to me, like it, it'll drop the call before the voicemail or something goes wrong. Are you sure it's not what happened there? It could have been, but I felt like I silenced it and then it like ended and then another call came. Whatever. So she Facebook messages me and I told her I was working and couldn't take a call, but I'm like, what's up? And she's like, this is serious. I have two tickets to the Warriors game on Tuesday night, and which is the NBA game, NBA yeah. team up here. And I've gone. It's fun. But it's a, kind of a hassle to get there. Yeah, it's always a hassle to go to those things. And, like, to sit through it and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like in theory it sounds like fun. Would you ever like walk into a basketball game late? Oh, I would do that. Totally. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because you mm-hmm. come and go in a basketball game. That's yeah. no big deal. Uh, but it's a hassle to get there and all of that. But I told her, I was like, oh, I wish I could go, but Big Blue Test launches. I have a big thing happening on Monday, and I don't know if I'll be able to get out of the office in time to make it. I have to scam this woman out of her ticket. Yeah. Which, is this is mostly a lie. I probably could have. I mean, I could make it, but um, she begs me. And I was like, look, I got a little bit more firm. I was like, I might, I'm probably going to be busy. I don't want to have a commitment on my calendar this day because it's going to stress me out if I'm, like, rushing to finish things. And she's like, fine. And you could tell she was disappointed. And then, no joke, Joey, 10 10 minutes later, a calendar reminder pops up on my computer. And it told me to print. It was a calendar reminder I set to print the tickets for an event that I have Tuesday night, the same night as the game. (laughs) So I'm going to that um, Chuck Palahniuk reading on Tuesday. Yeah. So we talked about it. Um, so I could have just told her the truth. I already have something on that night. I can't go. Mm-hmm. But now that this happened, so I can't post anything on social media. She would be so pissed. This, she's the type of person that would be like offended that. Yeah, I, that I, said happen- I, I hate that. That happens to me too. But there's something I have to go to soon where I'm like super excited about, but I can't post about it because I think somebody would get mad. I can't remember what it is though. Yeah, there's certainly things now where, like, I have to be careful if I post a picture at something or, I don't know, I feel like sometimes I send a message to people, like, oh, this is his favorite restaurant and I'm there, ha, here's a picture and a four-square check-in and stuff like that. Oh, man. So you so you have Chuck Polinick coming up. Yeah, Tuesday night. It's a sold-out crowd. Um, we also purchased his new book. It comes signed. Is that weird? Like, you show up and the book is signed at the door. Oh, because they probably don't want people dealing with it. He doesn't want to deal with people. Just like, ugh, here. Yeah. I don't want to take a picture with you and talk Signed to you. Signed six of your books. and. Have you ever been – have you ever gotten anything from David Sedaris signed? No. I've seen him speak a few times. I've gone with you a couple yeah. to see him read and – um i don't i you know what signed copies of shit does very little for me like i value i have a ray bradbury signature and i value that there's a personal story with it that i don't know i feel like that's special but i don't really there's a few authors that i feel like if i got something signed by them i would like it but i'm not about to wait in a 30 minute line so you could scribble your name on a book i was gonna bring up david sedaris because i know he spends a lot of time with each person so that must be so frustrating when you're in line? When you're in line and he's yeah. rambling on with, you know, some random person. Yeah. But then when he's talking to you, you're like, 
you love it. Yeah, you're like, oh, oh, I, I do love uh, shrimp etouffee, you know, when yeah. you're like some random topic he's talking about. What's going on in the Bay Area, Mike Lawson? What's in the news? Well, there's this uh, story that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, this man uh, was driving on the street, and he allegedly uh, did a U-turn. So he was he almost hit a pedestrian, and he did a U-turn because uh, the pedestrian like gave him the finger. He did a U-turn, and then he started shooting his gun at the guy. <laughs> did he hit um, him? Uh, yes, he was in critical condition. It looks like he's going to be the pedestrian's going to be okay. But what is funny? I don't know if funny is the right word, but like the uh, driver, who's this guy who goes by the name Easy Chang. Oh, that's like God. his street name. Easy Chang. Yes, because e- easy, easy like someone named Chang. So Easy Chang did a U-turn and rolled his windows down, and the pedestrian reportedly yelled, "What are you going to do? Kill me?" And then the the easy chain pulled out a gun and then attempted to kill him. Um, the uh, <laughs> the guy ran and he was hit, but he ended up running away. But what is interesting is the um, SFPD. So this happened on October. Uh, I'm sorry, August 31st. But they just found the guy uh, this week, and they have uh, a police. Was sketch it easy? That... No, it was hard. That's the thing. They released a police sketch that. Uh, helped people pinpoint him they also released description of the car but the police sketch looks nothing like easy chang nothing at all um and i was like i would like to see like um some kind of like thorough comparison between police sketches and the actual people like i would be curious to see how spot on they actually are wasn't there one recently and maybe someone in our audience who never emails us will tell us um where like the sketch actually looked alarmingly like the person it was like some big criminal recently where there was a sketch and when they caught the person it was like alarming how much it looked like the actual culprit oh i don't remember that it was a it was a famous person not famous like a famous criminal something that was in the news that you would know i do remember uh recently or not recently, I'm sorry. I do remember there's this internet um, picture that's been spread around. Do you remember the... It's in L.A., actually. He was on KCAL 9 for a while. Uh, but the African-American news reporter is reporting on a crime. And in the little like picture-in-picture box, they showed the sketch of the criminal. And it looks exactly like the news reporter. Uh, you know that happened to me, right? No. When I was in you, college... You were on KCAL 9? I was on KCAL 9... And I used to host uh, Easy Living with Joe Batanz, and I would go to different places, and, and you know, just it was like a lifestyle show. But after that, when I was in college, I uh, got to my desk at the school newspaper, and there was a, a, a copy of an of the article from UCSD's paper about a guy who was going around and like groping women or something like that, right? And they had a, a sketch of the guy, Mike. I think it was you. <laughs> it looked exactly like me. Exactly like exactly like me. I still have a copy. I'll, I'll find it and I'll scan it and put it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Well, it looked like 19-year-old Joe Batanz. I don't know if it doesn't look like 40-year-old Joe Batanz. But um, it was funny how much the sketch looked like me. That was the big joke. But that's happened to me too. That's funny. What's up in L.A.? Well, after last week, uh, you remember last week I told a lot of gruesome, grim stories? 
Yeah, how could I forget? I worked very hard to find L.A. stories that were not gruesome or grim or about death. Okay. Okay. So, the Bob Baker Marionette Theater uh, is in in a little bit of financial trouble. Uh, it's, it's a theater, and actually I would say legendary, and it is legendary, but not a lot of people know about it. That's what makes it tricky. It's like one of L.A.'s best-kept secrets. You know, okay. and it's this theater right outside of downtown, and every day they put on marionette puppet shows. There's right? going to be some knocking. I guess they're working on the roof right now. Still, sorry. Don't, but you know what? Don't keep the knocking in there. What do you mean? I don't take it out. Oh, I feel like last week you did the noise removal, and it was a little too harsh. Well, I always do the noise removal. Oh, you didn't do anything different. Oh, maybe because I had to remove so much noise, it got harsh. I don't know. Um, but then it sounded fine on the recording. Anyway, so it's right outside of downtown LA, and you go there and you pay like ten dollars, and you get a puppet show, and then afterwards cake and ice cream. So obviously this place is popular with children and pedophiles. Yeah. But it's a legendary place. Uh, they put on, I guess, these elaborate marionette puppet shows. But now, and also in 2009, it was declared a Los Angeles historical landmark. Okay? Oh, no. Which, so I can't knock it down at Bill Condos? Exactly. So yeah. what's the problem is, is they've sold the building, and the guy, the people who own it now, are trying to find a way to build a condos. And so they're like, oh, well, we're going to preserve the theater in the lobby. But the L.A. Preservation Commission has put a nix on that. But meanwhile, Bob Baker, the guy who founded the theater, he's 90 and is dying in hospice. And he needs money to uh, keep on living. So they're trying to do some sort of like Kickstarter campaign or GoFundMe to help him with that. Why don't they just tie uh, strings to his arms and to his face? (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And then, yeah, they should take his body after one. Like the world's greatest marionette. But here's my question to you, Mike Lawson. How do you feel about like places like cultural monuments or cultural institutions that um, now it's time for them to go away? And uh, should they be turned into condos? How do you feel about this gentrification, turning everything into condos and apartment buildings and housing uh, or keeping a, a marionette theater alive? It's weird. Like, I can see the value of things like Bob Barker's Marionette Theater. But I also, I mean, we need to live and we need to move forward. I, I understand both sides of this. And, the, I mean, the people who own that land want to make money off of the thing that they own. And um, I, I get it. I don't know. Like, the going back to the walking tour I did in Oakland, like, we went, we were looking at Art Deco buildings. And there was, like, some beautiful buildings and then he points across the street and he was like this one was a beautiful building and they knocked it down to build this and you look at it and it's like the most boring high-rise building that like before when you look at the pictures was like beautiful and if you could sort of like preserve some of that even if you still turn it into like um you know it was like a, a department store that now is like restaurants and mixed use and whatever like trying to preserve something preserve some of the value while also moving forward i think that's the way to go would you ever go to a marionette puppet show probably not i mean uh a, a year ago maybe more i went to this fairyland up here in oh Oakland, yeah yeah and they, and they had a puppet show it wasn't marionettes but it was like creepy old puppets mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know i wouldn't go unless i had like a kid that i was bringing 
Interesting. What about you? I could see you actually enjoying the creepiness of it. Yeah. That's why I, in fact, I'm dying to go now. I'll leave it to stop. I want to go because I want to see how creepy it is. I've seen pictures and it looks super creepy. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm in love with that part of it. But uh, what else is going on in the Bay Area? Well, this story is kind of, um, I don't know if controversial is the word, but it's picking up steam. Um, women nearing the decline of their baby-making years have, uh, for a while now, started freezing their eggs, which is a procedure that could be kind of costly, right? So up here, some tech companies like Facebook and Apple are now offering to pay for female employees to receive this treatment as like an employee benefit. Um, But some people are upset because they feel like this is sending the wrong message. So uh, Wired Magazine, you've heard of Wired? Mm Mm-hmm. They wrote, uh, this is a quote, they said, do we really want to support a society that requires us to work so hard that we don't have time to raise our children? So in other words, are Apple and Facebook paying their employees to put off starting a family? And people are kind of upset that this is like another like anti-woman, like, you know, freeze your eggs and make families later. These jobs, you can't possibly raise a family and work here. Um... New York Times said some doctors say egg fertilizing. I'm sorry. The New York Times said some doctors say egg freezing could be as influential as the birth control pill in freeing women from the confines of biology. Childbirth coincides with prime career building years, and balancing both is a perpetual challenge. So, what do you think? Is this like, I don't know, anti woman? Is this telling women that they can't? raise a family and work at a good job i'm actually gonna come out pro tech industry here i think this is an amazing option if they're willing to pay for it you know because no one's saying they have to freeze their eggs if they said you have to freeze your eggs and you can't have children yeah. then that's one thing but if we're all about if we're all about if we're all about women having choices and what to do with their body they now have Apple and Facebook are now expanding that choice that now you can choose when you have the baby. Because I know a lot of women, a lot of my friends who've been worried about the fact that they have to get pregnant sooner rather than later because, you know, they're running out of their baby making years, even though they're not necessarily ready to have a child yet. And so this frees them from that. I think this is an amazing, yeah. wonderful thing. And people, as we know, will find anything to bitch about. Anything. Sure. And so this is just a combination of uh, the tech industry being in the Bay Area. Well, I think that something that somebody pointed out um, in one of these articles is that too many of the articles on the topic are talking about how this is um, a, a solution so women can work an awesome job uh, and raise a family later because they can't coincide when the truth is that maybe a woman is working this awesome job and she d- hasn't found the right partner or, um, you know, there, there could be other reasons that she might want to freeze her eggs. That's a really good but point too. One of the main criticisms is how about instead of uh, offering women to freeze their eggs, what if we like provide really awesome daycare and give them maternity leave and like other countries do? I can't speak for Apple, but I do know that Facebook – I, mean, I think we've actually talked about this on the show, and it's sort of the problem with Facebook is Facebook has no problem with that. Don't they have, like, their campus? They want people to, like, live there and have their kids go to school there and, um, you know. That, 
that's kind of the the Google approach is they want. Oh, maybe it's Google then. Sorry, they've built a campus where like housing is available and like you. They basically want you to live there so that your you know your job and your entire life are all intertwined and like if you leave this job, you're also leaving like your school and you're leaving your yeah that's the problem and your yeah exactly that's the problem is then you're le- like what happens when your kids like you're leaving a job but your kids are leaving their entire life yeah. You Literally, know. like everything they know. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. So. I just use. I don't know, Mike Lawson. What What else is in LA? Any other news stories you want to talk about? Yeah, Mike. Have you ever heard of this filmmaker named Quentin Tarantino? Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a director, but also speaking of theaters that were in financial trouble, about ten years ago, this um, uh, what are those the- those revival houses? A little revival theater in uh, in Los Angeles called the New Beverly Cinema was running into financial trouble. They were going to have to close their doors. Tarantino was a big fan of New Beverly Cinema, so t- about ten years ago, he stepped up and he bought the building, right? Free okay. New Beverly Cinema from any sort of financial problems. Okay. So that goes on for about 10 years, and then over the past summer, I actually don't know what happened. I don't think anybody knows what happened, but something happened where the owners of New Beverly Cinema were out, and Quentin Tarantino went out was actually running the theater. And it opened back up on October 1st, uh, now under the direct leadership of Quentin Tarantino. So I guess this woman named Julia Marchesa said that during the summer she was approached by Quentin Tarantino's people and told that she'd been working at the New Beverly Cinema for eight years, that she'd be elevated to manager, that she'd be getting like a a five-figure income now. I guess she was making very little money doing this. And that that would be the thing. Okay? And she was really happy about that. She was really excited. But then I guess they came up to her. This is according to her. Everything is according to Julia Marchesa. But... (laughs) They go up to her and they're like, uh, okay, well, that's great. We also want you to sign this um, confidentiality agreement that you won't go on social media and talk about what Quentin Tarantino is doing. It's like a privacy agreement, right? Okay. She says, no, she's not going to sign that. So like, all right, well, now we're going to demote you to box office and we don't know. We can't guarantee you a schedule. Essentially firing her. And so she quits. But then she goes on social media, which I actually think proves their case. And um, talks mad shit on talks mad shit on Quentin Tarantino and particularly his assistant Julie McLean. That Julie and actually the woman's position is that she actually likes Quentin Tarantino. She thinks his right his heart is in the right place, but that he has people around him who are influencing him and have bad motives. And so she goes on social media and just talks mad shit on New Beverly Cinema and Quentin Tarantino's people. And now here we are. It went at least viral in in the entertainment industry. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Because especially someone who works in social media and in in relation to the company and should she have signed this privacy agreement? It's constantly sounding at the beginning of Thriller. Um, Yeah. I think that it's very common for jobs to ask you to sign a non-disclosure agreement. That's kind of pretty standard now. That's what I think so. And in particular with a celebrity, I'm sure they don't want her calling TMZ and saying, Quentin Tarantino doesn't like raisinets, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't – it's just – this sounds like a non-story to me. It sounds like some lady got fired, so she got on social media and said bad things about the company. 
Like, that's really what this story is, right? I know, but everything was death again. <laughs> um, speaking of death, do you hear the noise outside? I know. I was saying it sounds like the beginning of Thriller. Every how, are you get, how are you possibly going to edit that out? I'm you not. Won't. I think it's funny. Um, yeah, I don't, I feel like this is a non-story because this woman obviously has a axe to grind and that's all she's doing. I don't, I don't understand what did Quentin Tarantino do wrong? He asked her to sign a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is one of those things where like, I think even the, a lot of news outlets covered it and I think they were trying, but my whole thing was, look, I'm willing to hate anybody, but, um, Give both sides of the story. You know, a friend of mine who's super liberal posted this story on Facebook recently that I think was meant to um, make this conservative guy look bad. I'll tell you the story really briefly. Basically, there was a city council meeting and they were going to discuss not letting people take guns somewhere or something like that, right? And they closed the... um, public comments the guy they they closed off the public comments so this guy went on social media and he said i'm gonna go down there i think this is ridiculous that they closed off public comments for this and so he shows up sits through the entire meeting is totally quiet the meeting's adjourned everyone's getting up to leave and then he stands up and shouts out, I think it's ridiculous that you, this is not right, that you closed, that you had this discussion and closed it off the public comments. And I think this is really wrong. And I'm going to like try and vote you out or something like that, right? And they had him physically removed from the courthouse, right? Mm-hmm. And so the guy who posted the story was like, oh, this guy, look at this idiot who loves guns, you know? Which, look. As we all know, I'm pro-gun control, and I maybe pro- probably even agree with the city council member's position. But, like, I don't think the guy did anything super wrong. You know, he wait. It sounded like he did everything right in terms of public discourse and doing and um, protest. You know, protesting that they cut. I don't think it's right to cut off public comments. And I don't. And I. Th- well, you'd have to read it because I doubt. I mean, there's. I read the story. A city, but I mean. They could close public comments, but they were open at one point. No, no, right? no. He didn't allow him in the meeting at all. Mm, I don't know how legal, like, I, I would have to read it. Because, like, a city council has to, certain items have to be open to public comments. I'll send you the like, story and you can maybe tell me why I was wrong. But I was like, but the point is, and also, I hate to admit this. I like that this Shepard Smith on Fox News went on yeah. about this Ebola virus. I was like, oh, I hate that I'm fucking siding with Fox News on this. Yeah. But um, look, it's about doing what is right. And so, like, in this case, I was listening to this going, like, I think it's easy to say, like, oh, Quentin Tarantino should have done this, should have done that. But, like, we don't know the other side of the story. What if this woman's a big pain in the ass? Yeah. But I think you're – if you're Quentin Tarantino or you're in Quentin Tarantino's staff, you are smart to just shut up and let this kind of go away. Yeah. Like, you – it would be nice to hear the side on both sides of the story, but I think they're smart to just kind of be like, I'm not even addressing this. This is a crazy person who's calling me out on something that I didn't even do. Yeah, and I agree I'm just with gonna you, Mike. Be, I'm just going to be quiet yes. and let them kind of like show how crazy they uh-huh. are. I completely agree yeah. with you. <laughs> and you don't need any anyone, any boo hacker or anybody <laughs> to come in and talk for you. Exactly. I don't need, yeah, I'll just let it die down. Whenever yep. that happens, you're right. In the future, I'll keep that in mind if that ever happens okay. to me. Um, cool. what, what do you got going on next week? Oh. I didn't write anything down, but 
Yeah, my um, week next week is pretty. Um, I'm gonna go see this very famous. I love seeing chefs speak, so I'm gonna go see. Oh man, that was a story I should have told. Fuck. Um, I'm gonna go see uh, famed chef Yotam Otolenghi. Uh-huh. Uh, go give a talk in L.A. I'm going to go to that on Thursday. And then um, I have a couple of birthdays this week. Uh, my sister-in-law, Danielle, it's her birthday. And also my friend, Chris, it's his birthday. So I'm sure there will be little celebrations for both. Cool. Um, I am was thinking I was going to take a nap today, but I have a feeling that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, why is that? <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Um, I have the, the Chuck Palahniuk thing. I have a lot of work stuff. And then I actually have a... There's this like focus group happening in Palo Alto, and so I have a bunch of diabetes friends coming to Palo Alto. So next weekend I have uh, that kind of going on. One of them staying at my house one night. So and th- I'm sure there will be stories with that. So sounds good. Cool. Nice catching up with you, Joey. Fuck. I was waiting for them to knock. That'd be so great. <laughs> Just the- wait a second. I'm sure it'll happen again. <laughs> There's knocking through all of it, and he heard me say goodbye. And then he's like, okay, done. Go to hell, Mike. I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm just going to edit that in. Okay. All right. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid. <laughs>